Can you be at peace with your effort to heal yourself so that you can be the best parent for your children? Can you be at peace with your effort to heal yourself so that you can be ready for the fight that is at your door? Are you taking care of yourself to the point where you have enough in your tank to keep fighting if that is what is in your value system? And so in these questions, we're, we're really focusing on the effort that we are putting in versus focusing on the outcome. Welcome to the Rising Beyond podcast, where you can find hope and healing after a toxic or abusive relationship. I'm Sybil Cummins, a licensed professional counselor specializing in working with victims and survivors of domestic violence and narcissistic abuse, including the youngest witnesses. Over the past decade, I have been honored to witness victims move to survivors and then to thriving in their lives. If you feel alone in your healing process, are dealing with the onslaught of post-separation abuse, or just needing some validation that you are not crazy, you are in the right place. How can you keep on living your life accepting or stomaching the decisions that have been made by a judge or evaluator that you know in your heart is not in the best interest of your children? How do we just go on to accept that our systems are unjust when it's negatively affecting our babies? My name is Sybil Cummin, and I support survivors of domestic violence, coercive control, and narcissistic abuse as a therapist and then in a community that we call the Rising Beyond Community. And today I am talking about a theme or a subject that has come up so often. In fact, I reached out to my community and asked what they would like the most help on in the new year. And the theme that just stood out to me as the most consistent was this. How do we withstand and stomach and accept and be at peace when things are so unjust? And so I hope I can give you all and this topic, I hope I can do it justice because there is such injustice in the way our system works right now. And we hear it on a daily basis. So there are, you know, parents who are losing custody of their children or, you know, children are being placed, you know, they should be in supervised time with their parent. If they should have time with that abusive parent at all, and they're, you know, being sent to be with that parent unsupervised. And then to the greater extent, that is all of your fears. Even when, you know, the people around you, the advocates, the police, the judge, the evaluator, your attorney, whatever it is, they're like, well, you know, the probability of severe physical harm or death happening to you or your children is not high. But this is your greatest fear and it happens. So I'm even talking about the injustice that happens when an abusive partner kills their family, kills their you know victim, kills the children, right? So this is a really heavy topic and a heavy episode. And so this might be triggering for you. And if it is, know that I get that. Turn it off if you need to. Listen to it in little 
spurts or batches because there's only so much that we can do to do, again, to do this topic justice because there's so much change that needs to happen. But I'm hoping that in listening to this episode, it's going to be a place for you to start. It's going to be a way for you to find pockets of peace as opposed to just constant depression, constant fight, constant freeze, that there will be some moments that you can find a sense of calm or peace within this and that you can give yourself grace for doing what you could do in such an unjust situation. And so that is really what we're going you know, to be focusing on or, or what are the actual strategies and things that you can do if the decisions that are out of your hands have been made and your children are being harmed because of it. So if you are someone who has your children with you, guess what? There is still injustice that you've experienced. If you don't have your children with you, some of these strategies I'm going to share may seem like they're not even going to touch the grief and pain that you're, you're feeling right now. And so I just wanted to acknowledge that, that for some of you, these strategies are going to work really, really well and be really, really helpful. And for some of you, it may just take the edge off the pain you're experiencing for a short bit of time. And I don't want any of you on any part of this spectrum to minimize what you've experienced. So what are some things you can do to start to be at peace to some extent with decisions that are made? And I like the term being at peace with. It is completely semantics. I just don't like the term accept I mean, even as a therapist who talks about kind of radical acceptance sometimes, because that's what we're talking about today to some extent is radical acceptance. For whatever reason, I don't like that language. So I like to use the term being at peace with means the same thing. And one just feels better to me than the other. So first, and you probably have heard this and you might even like scoff at it. And depending on how you do it, it will be helpful. So really looking at focusing on what right now is in your control versus what is not in your control. So in this system, in your situation, there are so, so many things that are outside of your control. So many. And if we really put our focus on the things we can't control, then it's going to limit the time we can think about what is in our control and make some changes. And we will get a bigger bang for our buck by focusing on what we can control in this moment. And guess what? That might change. So you can't change a judge, judge's decision that was made you know, last week. And in order to be legally compliant, you may have to, or you may have to, you have to follow the orders. And we can't even get into the injustice that your ex-partner will not follow the orders and yet you will be following the orders. So focusing on how in this container that I am in, can I be as okay as I can be? In this container, how can I keep my children as safe as I can keep them? So 
some of those, I guess, perspective shifts. So I want you to ask yourself these questions. So one, can you be at peace with your efforts to protect your children? Can you be at peace with your effort to heal yourself so that you can be the best parent for your children? Can you be at peace with your effort to heal yourself so that you can be ready for the fight that is at your door? Are you taking care of yourself to the point where you have enough in your tank to keep fighting if that is what is in your value system? And so in these questions, we're, we're really focusing on the effort that we are putting in versus focusing on the outcome. And this can be really helpful because for the most part, we cannot control outcomes unless it is solely based on us. And in these situations, it's not just based on us. So really kind of shifting that focus to your effort and what you have done and put forth and what you continue to put forth versus focusing on any one outcome. Okay, I know this is easier said at my microphone than it is actually going to be in practice, but I want you to just put the hat on that this can work and that this can help, even if it's just a little bit for a little bit of time. So another strategy to really help with accepting things that are just outside of your control and that are not in your children's best interest is to really focus on being present with your children when you are with them. So this one clearly is for those of you who do get time with your children. And I will speak to when you don't have time with your children a little bit differently, but Your goal is to give them that unconditional love that will carry them through all of the challenges they are going to experience. So they need to feel the difference between the love that you give and the love, and I say that with air quotes, that their other parent is going to give them because that love will have strings attached. So you giving them that gift of perspective and that unconditional care, that unconditional love, that will build their resilience. They will also in turn feel the difference. And so if you do not have your children with you right now, I want you to focus on what you have given them because your children will have benefited from your attachment and your love from the past, even if they are not getting it directly now. So I want you to, even though it is excruciating to think back to positive experiences and times you've had with your children. And I'm not talking about like we went to Disney World because I know that's actually not probably where your mind went to. It's like, the Sunday morning snuggling on the couch and being in your jammies all day or how you, you know, changed their diaper and were talking to them and singing to them and, you know, doing that eye contact with them, all of those things, even if you don't have them in your life in this very moment, all of that matters. All of that matters. And so 
how you have positively impacted them in their lives in the past, it all matters. And I want you to remember those things. I want you to, if you have your children with you, if you don't have your children with you, think back to those positive times you have with your babies because it, again, might bring up some grief, but it can be really healing as well. And with that, we're going to talk a little bit about the importance of compartmentalization. So some people feel like this is not healthy to do, and I'm going to argue that especially in your circumstances, it is extremely helpful. So what I mean by compartmentalization is you are going to give yourself time where you can think about the things. You can vent about everything that's gone on. You can do your research. You can do documentation. You can focus on the fight and you can focus on how unjust you've been treated. This might be in therapy. This might be within a support group. This might be with a family or friend that gets it and is has the space to hear all of the things you've been through. So you have this space where you're giving yourself the time to do the things, but then you're also setting up times where you completely put the fight away. You're going to put it on a shelf. And this is extremely important to have a way to put it on the shelf. So it could be you need to visualize some sort of container and you are visually putting all of the shit in the box, closing the box, locking the box, putting the box on a shelf in a drawer that you close. Maybe you need to lock that shelf, whatever you need to do to put it aside. And it's also, it's important to not solely avoid it because avoidance is actually what is going to increase your trauma symptoms. And that's not helpful either. So it's not helpful to never think about it. And it's not helpful to always think about it. We need to find that medium, that happy middle where you give yourself space to think about it and you give yourself space to put it away. So I want you to imagine a paper plate. Okay, so this is, I'm going to give you an example or not really a metaphor, but some a visualization to why compartmentalization is going to be so important. So on your paper plate that you have in front of you, you can do this if y'all want to take out a paper plate, but you're going to write on that paper plate all of the things that are unjust, And you're going to fill up that paper plate with everything that is wrong with your case, with your ex, with everything you've experienced. You're going to write it all on that paper plate. And then you're going to have that paper plate in front of your face. Put it in front of your face. So imagine if you were at work and you're supposed to be typing on your computer or maybe you're a teacher and you're supposed to be teaching in a classroom. And while you're doing everything, that paper plate is in front of your face and you can't really look around it because it covers your almost your whole line of vision. Maybe you have some sight in the periphery, but everywhere you look, all you're seeing is all this shit written on your paper plate. Think about trying to give your babies a hug when you've got all that shit in your face. You 
can't really do that in a way that feels good. And so now I want you to think about putting that paper plate that has all the stuff on it and you're just going to lay it on your lap or put it to the side. It's still there. It's not going anywhere. But now at work, you can see what's on your computer. You can focus on what you need to do. You can see your classroom if you're teaching. You can watch, oh my dear Lord, I'm watching a ton of Pokemon stuff in my house. You can watch the show with your kiddo. You can give them a big hug and not have this weight and this, and I keep saying it, but this shit in between you and your baby. And so the putting the paper plate to the side is basically compartmentalization. Anytime you need to look at it, you sure can. You can reach over there. You can grab it. You can look at it for what you need to find on there. You can add more to it. You can erase things. You can, you know, use Sharpie and color things out, and then you can put it to the side again. That is what compartmentalization can do. And so if you're, you know, you stop the podcast episode or you've tried this and it is, you're really still struggling with it, then getting therapy with a therapist who understands what you're going through is probably going to be really helpful. And so I know that there are fewer of us that really, really get this post-separation abuse and family court piece, but I am hopeful that you will find someone that you connect really well with, but that there needs to be spaces where you put it aside so that you can live through this and not just kind of go through the motions through this. And then the last, well, I guess not the last thing, but another strategy that is really, really important is finding your tribe. You need to put as many safe people around you as you can where you can share the struggle, where you can share how much you hate the injustice, how much you you know, can't stand what's going on, a place where you can speak to it so that it doesn't constantly come out when you don't want to. When you're in this alone, I promise you that paper plate is going to be in front of your face 99% of the time because you feel alone in your situation. And I, gosh, I wish there weren't enough of you to where I should have a podcast on this, right? I wish it was more isolated incidents, but it's not. It is so horrifically common what you are going through. And so finding your tribe, a place where you can speak to how much you hate things, the, you know, where you can be bitter if you need to be bitter, a place where you won't be judged. That can be one of the most healing things that you can do when you're having to sit in this injustice. If you are struggling to find your tribe, reach out to me. I've created a tribe. It is the Rising Beyond community, and I see amazing things happen in that community. Just constant support to help with women who are dealing with really bad decisions that have put their children in harm's way. And then depending on where you are in the healing process, 
if you are further along, and I've talked about this before, I don't know if I talked about it on a podcast or not. I talk about stuff all the time. But if you are looking to possibly do advocacy type work where you can speak out and work towards greater change, you need to be a little further along in the healing process. And what I like to talk about, this actually came from a completely unrelated person. Um, Amy Porterfield does a lot of business stuff, but she shared um, this metaphor or example that just resonated with me is that if you are in the healing process where your wound is still in the scab stage, where any little something could reopen the scab and the wound, then you're not probably in a place where you should be doing a lot of advocacy work because it will probably cause more harm to you than good. But if you are in the healing place where it is a scar, you can speak to it, you might be triggered, it might hurt, you might feel pain, but it is not going to reopen the wound. Then finding ways to speak out for greater change may be something that will that will really help you start to accept your situation because you are making positive change, you know, in the general sense towards a larger goal of reforming the system. So I know this is hard. This episode felt hard. It feels really heavy. I feel like I'm carrying a lot of weight even just thinking about this, thinking about those of you that I know your stories and I am angered and not even just angered, but yes, I feel a lot of angry, but also just grief and devastation as well. I am thinking of you as I speak these words on this this episode. And so, you know, to those of you that are really struggling with this and something in this episode resonated or you try it and it's not working, reach out. I would love to hear a little bit more about your situation and give you a thought on what could be helpful. So thank you all for being with us. And I will catch you on the next episode of the Rising Beyond podcast. If you found hope and support through this podcast, there are a few things you can do to help us continue to provide meaningful and value-packed episodes. First, you can follow and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you're willing, while you're there, you can give us a rating and review, which will help other survivors find us so we can offer them this help as well. And if you have the means and desire to do so, you can click on the Buy Me a Coffee link and help provide a small financial contribution to the show. This allows us to spend more time and energy finding the best guests and providing the most value to you. And if you want to work with me and the Rising Beyond community, go to www.risingbeyondpc.com for details.